0: Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind. My name is Robert Lamb.
1: And I'm um, Julie Go with the Flow, Douglas.
0: Oh, yeah? That's, yeah. Your, that's your thing? Sure. Yeah? I mean, it really should be all of our things, right? Yeah. To go with the flow, to experience what we have uh, come to know as flow state.
1: Yeah, and, uh you know, being in the flow creates a a lot of different ideas in the brain about what that is. Um, You know, it's a kind of altered state. We should mention that. Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, I think about a river flowing. And I always think about that phrase, um, don't push the river, it moves all by itself. Now, that's meant to suggest, like, hey, don't try to do things before you're ready to do them or just try to impose your own agenda onto things. But it also reminds me of flow in the sense that you cannot push the state of flow that we sometimes fall into. You kind of have to submit to it.
0: Yeah. The the model that I always come back to is uh, is that of surfing, and it's not based on extensive surfing. I only surfed surfed once with uh when I was visiting a friend in Hawaii, uh, and he insisted, you know, all right, keep come on, come out try surfing. I'm like, okay, I'll try it, and then he just didn't, and kept insisting, all right, keep at it, keep at it. You're not really surfing yet; you're just paddling among the the, the waves, and I'm the whole time I'm thinking, I really just want to. Go back to the beach and get back on dry land because this is a lot of work and it's not really that fun. But as anyone who's surfed or even boogie boarded, I guess, uh, can tell you, there comes a point where you're, you're, you know, you're paddling, you're paddling, you're laying on that board and you're just, you're just working your butt off, uh, to keep up with the wave and mm-hmm. then the wave catches you. And you don't have to paddle, and that's the point where you would climb up on the board and, and everything, because the, the the board is being propelled by the wave instead of by you. And that is, for me, is what flow state feels like. If I'm if I'm writing, if I'm painting, uh, if uh, even if I'm doing some sort of uh, uh you know a manual sort of labor task in the backyard sometimes, mm-hmm. um, not very often, but it happens. Is is that you reach that point where you're not you know it's almost like you're not having to work at it anymore. You're you're being pulled. Uh, by this force that seems outside of you.
1: Yeah. Um, Dr. Ned Hollowell at Harvard Medical School described it as flow being a a doorway to more that most of us seek. So I like this idea. I said, you know, submitting to it. Um, And some people say they slip into it. But again, this doorway, this portal that feels like you're, you're just, you know, you're in a different state that you've left your body in a way, but at the same time, you're full of um, awareness and clarity and things seem effortless. And that's this beautiful place to be. So we're going to try to explore this a little bit more today. And by the way, we have listener David to thank for this. He is a lecturer in game design at Glasgow Caledonian University and uh, he wanted to open more of this up to us. Um, We've talked about flow in the past, but we really haven't done a deep dive on it. So it's been pretty fascinating. So thank you, David.
0: Yeah, because flow has come up in the past on podcast episodes. And I feel like it's it's one of these concepts. that's not difficult at all to grasp the essence of because I think by some estimates, uh, 12% of people would not uh, know what we're talking about here and would maybe just have to imagine flow. But for the rest of us, Flow is something that at least occasionally pops up in your life. And, you, and you're like, yes, that is flow state. That is what I want to aim for every day.
1: And this idea of flow, at least the idea of it, not the term, has been around for so long. I mean, Aristotle was trying to figure out what this is. Abraham Maslow of Maslow's hierarchy of needs fame is, he called these sessions of extraordinary experiences our peak experiences, and finally we have someone by the name of Mihai, Chick sent Mihai, uh, who came along and really studied this in earnest.
0: Yeah, uh, Csikszentmihalyi, Hungarian uh, psychology professor. Uh, he uh, immigrated to the United States at the age of 22, um, currently at Claremont Graduate University. He's the former head of the Department of Psychology at the University of Chicago and of the Department of Sociology and Anthropology at Lake Forest College. And in addition to all of this, though, he uh, also uh, was at one time an avid rock climber, which is key.
1: That's right. And in the 70s at University of Chicago, he was trying to really figure out what this experience was.
0: Yeah, because he's climbing these rocks, right? He's he's, he's engaging it. He's just living in the moment. He's flowing with it.
1: Yep, and he says these exceptional moments are what I have called flow experiences. He says the metaphor of flow is one that many people have used to describe the sense of effortless action they feel in moments that stand out as best in their lives. Athletes refer to it as being in the zone, religious mystics as being in ecstasy, artists and musicians as aesthetic Rapture. I love that aesthetic rapture. Well, you're
0: visited by the muse, right? The muse has has ventured into your uh, little universe from somewhere beyond and is uh, somehow commanding your efforts.
1: So for ten years, he he studied this in earnest all over the globe, and surveyed a number of people. And we'll talk a little bit more about his methods in a moment, but um, one of the things that kept coming up besides this idea of it being effortless was this quality of fluidity, and that's where he came up with that term, flow.
0: All right, so let's break it down. What are the, the qualities of flow? Well, first of all, we got to talk about goals. There's a clear set of goals that require appropriate responses, uh, and, and that, that's key here. Imagine rock climbing, because uh, that's a great example to come back to. There are, there's some clear goals in place here. You got to stay attached to that rock wall and not fall off. You want to move up but not down at least until you're ready to reverse directions. You want to reach from, you know, from one a handhold to another from one foothold to the next. There are a clear set of goals in place.
1: Yeah, or think of even like chess or tennis which have a lot of rules to follow, right? Yes. It's a very black and white universe and this is something that doesn't necessarily exist out in you know outside of the flow state right this black and white universe
0: yeah i mean life is often really complicated where any given choice that we make we have to think is this the best choice am i am i engaging with life correctly am i raising my child right because i'm hearing right answers and wrong answers all over the board but then you go to the checkers board you go to the chess board and there's a, there are a clear set of rules in play and and it's a it's a smaller universe, but it's a universe that makes a lot more sense.
1: And that self contained universe would be the second quality of flow. So Chick says that, you know, if you perform a religious ritual, you play a musical piece, you weave a rug, all of that. That that's a very self contained universe in which you can apply those rules.
0: Ritual is key because uh because that a whole Part of this too is that you're acting without questioning what should be done or how it should be done. Mm-hmm. So, be it a religious ritual or this uh, this this uh, job that you do every day, there's a certain way to do it. You do it well. You know that you're going to get results from it, and you just give yourself over to the activity.
1: Now, the third quality of flow would be immediate feedback so you're in it right mm-hmm. you you're you're playing tennis you're playing chess you're rock climbing and you are getting feedback from your environment from your brain from your your muscle memory from your neuronal memory about what's going on and how well you're performing at this task
0: right you're climbing that rock wall you're going to know right away if that was a good move you know you're going to either either you're going to slip a little bit or you're going to realize well i'm i I really need to move this way up the wall or you're playing chess you move that piece uh you know you might be engaged in a sort of a longer game strategy wise but for the most part you're going to find out right away uh if that was a wise move to make
1: right which kind of gives you a sense of control And mastery. And that leads to the fourth quality of flow, which is a manageable challenge. Because, as you say, if if during this feedback process you're getting some information that you need to tweak things, then you have that control and you can rise to the challenge. So, your skill level would be well matched with the task at hand. Um, But the task would be just difficult that you'd have to really stretch your skills without snapping them in order to meet it.
0: Yeah, like you, you hear people about talking about going into beast mode, right? Like generally, if they're going into beast mode, they're probably doing something that that in, engages their uh, their strengths, that forces them to go to to up their act a little bit. But it's not super easy, but it but it is within reach. Um, an easy way to to think about this is just think about jobs that you've done. I mean, we've all had jobs. Uh, say you've, uh, you've worked in a factory line. Not to say that all factory line is is drudgery. But, uh, but it certainly can be, especially if the task is just, you know, doing one silly thing after the other and there's no real flow to it. It's just, it's just, uh, monotonous and it's, and it's, you know, beneath your, uh, your, your overall abilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is, uh, is falling below, uh, the, uh, the, the flow state uh, likewise if you find, if you're thrown into if you're on a job and you're thrown into a new task that you really are not comfortable with you don't know your way around a program mm-hmm. or or the office space then it's 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 a, it's a frustrating situation and that's uh and that's uh, beyond the flow state
1: right so you have to have that thing that again is stretching but it's not snapping your brain and your body
0: yeah i mean it, the passage of time flows into this too right because when you're in the flow state time just clicks by like that right because you're just you're just sailing through it but if you're doing something just boring as hell it's going to it seems like the day lasts forever if you're frustrated at that first day of work when you're out of your element it just seems to take forever
1: well i mean a good example of this is is, have you ever been writing Mm -hmm. or researching or doing something that's really pleasurable and you just keep ignoring the signals from your bladder yeah. that that it needs to be tended to. And you can, yeah, I'll get to you. I'll get to you. And that's how I always know that I'm in a flow state because I'll be like, yeah, yeah I know. That's some, some sort of biological consequence going on right now, but I don't have time for it. I'm in the flow. And that's what's so incredible because you are in that state of this kind of black and white tones, this self-contained universe, and it's a refuge where everything else, all the gray tones of life just recede into the background. And then this feels like there's some sort of fundamental element of the core of yourself that you're able to express, that you have some sort of access to that. And some people call it the muse, right?
0: Yeah. And of course, it goes without saying that in all of this, you're shutting off that uh, default uh, mode network. Those uh, that you know, the nagging voices and concerns about the past and the future. You really become the act. You become the thing you're doing. It's almost like a superhero, you know, where it's you're no longer the journalist Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've stripped uh, off the, your your boring work clothes and you've become this this thing, this uh, this ideal version.
1: Yeah, and we've seen this before and we've talked about it in jazz musicians who are able to dim the lights in their prefrontal cortex, that, that part of your brain that is, uh, all is responsible for executive function and, and will say all those sort of nagging, annoying things like, is this really good? Are you, is that a great note that you just wrote or <laughs> that you just played? It dims all of that in order for the rest of your brain to fully engage in creation at that
0: very moment. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will talk about who enters the flow and how much.
1: All right, we are back, and we're going to talk a little bit more about sent Mihai, and um, wanted to talk about his experience sampling method. So, again, within this 10-year global study, it's something that he employed uh, to create, at some points, a virtual film strip of a person's daily activities and experiences. And we're talking about 2,300 respondents who were outfitted with, uh, a pager or a watch, would, would which would go off at random times within each two-hour segment. And that would prompt the person to stop what they were doing, write down in the book um, where that person was, what that person was doing, thinking about uh, who they were with, and then that person would rate their state of consciousness on various numerical scales. So what they did is they amassed something like 70,000 pages from people and went through all those pages at their Chicago lab, and they tried to figure out a sort of um, quantitative and qualitative way to get at this idea of flow and come up with some statistics.
0: Yeah, and some of the statistics are, are pretty uh, pretty impressive. Um, it says that roughly one in five Americans claims to enter flow uh, as much as several times a day, whereas about 15% say they never... Uh, enter this mode uh, it never happens f- for them. Um, and the frequencies he says uh, seem to be quite stable and universal. For instance, they conducted uh, a survey of um, six thousand four hundred sixty nine Germans. Uh, same you know same questioning same uh, same rigmarole, uh, and they found that uh, that uh, those who entered flow often twenty three percent, sometimes forty percent, uh, rarely twenty five percent, and the never or don't range was around twelve percent.
1: Yeah, so it's pretty universal here um, across cultures that people experience a state of flow. And uh, moreover, Csikszentmihalyi and his colleagues found that people reported that they felt happier uh, when they dipped into those states of flow. In other words, their overall happiness rating happened to be uh, larger than their non-flow state counterparts.
0: And yeah, they found that uh, that flow generally occurs when a person's doing his or her favorite activity. You know, So again, you're you're gardening, you're engaging with your art or your cooking or whatever. Uh, it also occurs though when, uh, when one is driving, uh, when you're talking to friends, um, a lot, surprisingly, it, uh, it occurs a lot at work. Uh, He said very rarely would they see people who would uh, actually enter this flow state during passive leisure activities, such as watching television or just sort of kicking back in your backyard.
1: Now, I have read that in rare occurrences you can have a state of flow with with television, but it has to be something that is... So incredibly engaging mm-hmm. that you meet the conditions of flow. Yes. Um, now we know about television and the quality of it. So there's, I would say overwhelmingly, there, there may not be shows that engage people to that extent except for True Detective.
0: Well, yeah. I was just thinking about it. Yeah. Shows like, like True Detective or I'm, I'm really enjoying The Nick right now. You, you, um, you, you engage in these shows and you, you do feel sort of pulled along by their own energy. Um, and at times it's easy to take that for for granted, especially if you're in kind of a drought of good television.
1: Yeah, those are the worst. All right, so we talked about those conditions of flow. What are they? Especially if you consider this in the context of television, uh, something that you're watching. You have to be completely involved with what you're doing. That's one condition.
0: Yeah, so again, it's everything shut off to the point where you, you're forgetting that you uh, need to be somewhere or that you need to urinate.
1: Yes, a sense of ecstasy of being outside everyday reality. Uh, great inner clarity. You have a sense of what needs to be done and how to do it.
0: Yeah, everything's like, it's almost like bullet time or like any, any uh, sequence in a film where a hacker is doing something on a computer, they're like, oh, he's in, he's in a flow state. He's just completely cut out. He's just living it.
1: Yeah, I'm just, I'm doing the Sandra Bullock like crazy <laughs> um, keyboard fingers right now. Yeah. Um, I love that. Like she's not even really typing real. Things there, <laughs> then there's a confidence that the activity is doable. So the skills are adequate to do the task.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Nobody's in a flow state, being thinking. Oh, it might work. I don't know. No, you're you're owning it.
1: Sense of serenity. You have no worries about the self and feelings of growing beyond the boundaries of the ego. Right.
0: That's right. The default mode network is shut down. It's dimmed to the background That's not right. not hearing it.
1: Yeah, it's kind of a meditative quality to it. Uh, you have a sense of timelessness and intrinsic motivation. Whatever produces flow becomes its own reward. So we're talking about in terms of work, work for work sake.
0: Yeah. It's one of those things where you know somebody's writing and it's not about, oh, where am I going to try and sell this short story or, you know, who's gonna who's gonna read this or what am I gonna do with it? No, it's it's or even of what am I what's it gonna be like when I try and edit this in a month. It's about the act of writing. It's about being caught up in what you're doing.
1: And you know, a lot of times I'll work at night because I just find that it's another part of the day that I'm productive and it allows me to kind of mull over some of the stuff that that we talk about or research And I have to tell you that I look forward to it. Like I I sit there and think about sitting at my kitchen table and really like getting into the work Hmm. and perhaps even having like a bowl of popcorn next to me. Um, my dinner popcorn. So it's not too surprising then that one of Chicks sent me high's findings is that people have more occasions of flow on the job than in their free time.
0: Yeah. This is interesting because. And just on a surface level, it's easy to say, well, you know, work is drudgery and at home, that's where you're going to do the things that you really live for. But when you think about our work tasks, a lot of times those tasks are going to line up with their, those requirements for flow because you're going to have, uh, well, well, the example that always comes to my mind when I think about this is when I worked at newspapers and I paginated. So I'm, Physic- I'm not physically building it, but on a screen in mm-hmm. like InDesign, I'm building a front page of a newspaper and then the interior pages It's basically Tetris with words and pictures, you know, making it all fit together in a readable sense. Um, it's not something that I was passionate about it was something that i could do mm-hmm. and it was a very you know self-contained universe here it is on the page things are fitting in the page there are rules uh, in play there's a definite uh, goal in mind and then i would end up losing myself in this flow state of this uh this this work task that i would never do uh, outside of work and certainly haven't haven't done since i left newspapers
1: yeah i would say this uh, i've experienced the same thing with database management putting queries together mm-hmm. and and again it's it's matching the skill level to the challenge you know and and kind of bumping that up and saying can i can i tweak this a little bit more can i get a little bit more out of it and it does put you squarely into that moment which i think is so important for this
0: now, chick High also, he does point out that especially, uh, you know, in, in America and in the West, we, uh, we have, uh, this idea that's often passed down to us that work is not supposed to be fun or, or engaging or enjoyable, that it's supposed to be drudgery, and so it's easy to fall into that trap. He also adds the caveat that, that yes, there are gonna be people that are stuck in jobs that do not give them any level of satisfaction, and that's just an unfortunate reality, and though, and oftentimes it can be difficult to get out of those, uh, environments. Uh, but, but, uh, but the, you do see more, just based on the ESM studies uh, that he conducted, you do see more occasions for flow on the job than in the free time. Because again, there are rules in place, there's a task to be done, and if you have the skills to do it, then you have the possibility to enter flow state.
1: Yeah, and it, it is kind of a bummer. If you're not into your job, you don't feel a challenge, then that could obviously create obstacles to feeling like you're in the flow state or could enter it. And some behind does say, like, maybe you could build in challenges or, or reframe it in a way that you could enter a state of flow. Um, maybe that's a bit reductionist, maybe not, but it's interesting nonetheless in, in discussing it. Now, corporations... Are wild about this idea. (laughs) Because what happens when you're in a state of flow?
0: You get more work done. You, yeah, you get more you work. Take fewer breaks. You're, you're not even bothering to urinate. You're wasting less water <laughs> to flush urine down the toilet.
1: It's true. It's a win-win for everyone. And the McKinsey Quarterly conducted a 10-year study that basically, basically corroborates this. They found that top executives engaged in a state of flow were five times more productive than their non-flow counterparts. That's 500% more productive. So, it would make sense that people would try to game this. And when I think about gaming it, think about video games, which we'll talk about in a moment, but also think about something called the Flow Genome Project. And uh, this was founded, this project, by Stephen Kotler, who is a um, journalist, a novelist, and uh, he wrote The Rise of Superman, and by Jamie Wheel, the director of the program of the Flow Genome Project. Uh, now, it says genome, but really there's nothing... There's nothing here to do with genetic material. Yeah. Um, they're talking about it more in a way of trying to get the core components of flow defined and decoded. And what they say is that you could do this. You can you can take flow and you can really bump up your performance. And they used athletes to study this. Now, Kotler personally got involved with this project because he had Lyme disease. And he says that he was bedridden for a couple of years. And as a way to try to rehabilitate, he began to surf. Oh. And as a science journalist, he was astounded to find himself in what he felt like was this magical moment. And not being someone who would just say, oh, I, have, I had a magical, mystical moment. He tried to figure out what was going on, and that's when he really started to do a ton of research into state of flow. Now, Kotler, uh, writing in his book of The Rise of Superman, found a couple of different things about athletes that's really interesting. Um, he said that the fight or flight response, also known as the adrenaline rush, would seem to be opposite of flow. Okay. But he said that the two highs are actually linked. He says that risk heightens focus and flow follows focus. And he seems he says that, uh, fight or flight response will actually prime the body chemically and psychologically for the flow state. And he said that athletes report moving through one to get to the other. Now, he's got a TED Talk, if you guys are interested in learning more about that. And he also has a Google Talk that he gave. But um, just to kind of give a quick and dirty of the neuroanatomy, as they call it, of flow, let's talk about four stages here. Jamie Wheel. Uh, discusses this in length, and he says that at the outset of flow, we're faced with a problem, right? Especially in the context of an athlete, right? Okay, you you want to make uh, better time than you did before. You want to win the race,
0: or it's just yeah, they're, the 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 gun has gone off and it's time to run, or there's a there's a, a football player coming at you and he's trying to tackle you. Yeah. What are you going to do? Well, let's
1: call it the panic moment. Yeah, um, this is when your prefrontal cortex, the executive function of your brain, wants to solve that problem, and you have the amygdala very active amygdala processing fear, fear of fear. And you've got your brain toggling between these states and you have beta waves, which are really active going on at the same time. Now, he says that, especially in, in athletes, um, you have the person then sort of trying to confront that fear and trying to instill what you might call a relaxation response. And in doing so, taking a breath, and trying to cultivate that response, you have nitric o- oxide flushing away cortisol, which we know is a stress hormone, and norepinephrine. And those faster beta waves are then replaced by these slower alpha ones. And you have dopamine, and you have endorphins showing up on the scene. And now, now the conditions are just right for you to go into a state of flow. And he says that you get these... Um, a deeper, slower state going on in your brain. Now, imagine this too: an athlete who is moving maybe at top speeds. All of this is going on. To think that your brain is now moving into theta waves and then into gamma waves rolling in. And he says that this is when your brain kind of gets those lightning bolts of insight or that sense that you're just experiencing something mystical or great or you're at the peak. Now, he says that it doesn't necessarily stop there. That in order for you to actually game that performance, you have to let that experience coalesce. And how do you do that?
0: You go to sleep. You,
1: you go to sleep, of course, right? Yeah. And you let all of that stuff marinate in your brain for a while. And as we know um, with performance and any activity, if your brain dreams about it, you're probably going to be able to boost your performance, especially if you're aware that these are the states that inform flow and in performance.
0: Yeah, and this is a fighter thing too. It it makes perfect sense even outside of the context of sports because, you know, uh you're at the playground, uh, your kids on a ladder or something and they start to fall. Mm-hmm. You don't think about what you're doing. It just kicks in. You do it. It's in a in a you enter into kind of a mini flow state just to do what needs to be done.
1: And it's interesting that you say that because uh when Kotler and Wheel are talking about this, they're talking about it in a kind of survival framework that Basically, athletes and other people are tapping into this idea of fight or fight, survival, get into that flow, get into that moment where you can really control it. Now, what Kotler says is that this kind of high can be problematic because it can become addictive. And just to, to um, step back from this for a second, I should mention that they're coming at this from a very, very narrow framework. They're talking about athletes. They're talking about gaming survival instincts. There are other types of flow. And so when I talk about coming uh, or thinking about uh, working on my stuff at the kitchen table, that's a kind of, that's a nice version of flow, right? That's like, oh, that's very much like kitten farts and rainbows. Um, I'm not in that other state of flow where maybe I didn't have enough time to prepare for the podcast and now it's the 11th hour and I've got to get it done and I have to force myself into flow or else.
0: Well, you know, you you frame that as a negative flow, but... It's still flow, and it's still you. Still end up losing yourself in the moment, like mm-hmm. I mentioned newspapers earlier, and like newspapers, by the very nature, are last minute. I mean, you're just always dealing with those deadlines. You're you're we're working up to the last minute. You're over the deadline, but you're still entering that flow state to get it done.
1: Well, and when I worked at a weekly, I definitely would experience that high. But it's not my preference, however, to come mm-hmm. to the table like that. Um, now. Again, this is very, a narrow framework that these guys are, are working from. This is very new. They, they even say this sort of neuroanatomy of flow is, is yet to be fully informed. But I should say that it does give us an even better idea of why there is so much cognitive flow academia talk involved in game design.
0: Yeah, I mean, indeed, think back to, again, to the qualities of flow and what, what kind of, what it takes to get to a flow state. You need a self-contained world, you need, uh, rules in place, you need a black and white idea of what's good and what's bad. I mean, think about any video game that you have ever engaged with, you're dealing with that kind of a system. It's a self-contained little world, maybe a sandbox world, there are rules in place, mm-hmm. there's good guys, there's bad guys, there's things you're trying to achieve, there are tasks that you're, you're clicking off the list, and most importantly of all, the, the difficulty is not too great. Um, And if it is too great, you can probably go into a little menu and scale it down a bit until it Mm -hmm. reaches the level that you're comfortable with.
1: Yeah, our uh, game designer listener, David, says this is why many big commercial games designers try to deliberately foster flow in the player. Because why? Well, the more flow you're in, the more you're going to play that game and the more you're going to buy, right? So it would make sense that they've created this world in which survival Mm -hmm. is also paramount um, and, and keeps you within the confines of it so you're stuck in the flow but in a good way
0: yeah i mean for the most part i mean certainly uh you know we talked about earlier about the possibility of addiction to the flow state and uh, certainly there are people who deal with uh with with gaming addiction where that game just becomes the flow state you enter in that game is just so nice and so uh addictive you just keep coming back to it again and again to the detriment of other things in your life for that matter uh, you can easily imagine one, somebody who has uh, become addicted to the flow state at work to the point where they're neglecting other aspects of their life.
1: Now, I do have to point out that children are constantly engaged in a state of flow. Uh,
0: of course they are.
1: And Dr. Seuss actually described uh, adults once as obsolete children. So <laughs> in a way, it's it's us getting back to that sense of play. And I wanted to read a quick thing from Charlie Hone. He's an author who's... Um, entered the Ted Gladiator arena himself to talk about this. And uh, he wrote a blog entry for the School of Life and says, I have to approach work as play. Otherwise, my work sucks. When I tackle a problem with a sense of play voluntarily because I'm inherently attracted to it, my creativity and optimism and happiness soar. I become fascinated with the world. I fall in love with people. And whoever I'm working with helps me make the game more fun. Our positive energy becomes contagious. That's where my best work has come from. And I thought, well, that's a nice way to perhaps cap off some flow
0: yeah Hey, so there you go, the flow state. Uh, As always, be sure to check out StuffToBlowYourMind.com. That's where you'll find all the podcast episodes, all the blog posts, all the videos, as well as links out to our various social media accounts.
1: And hey, we would love to know about your flow experiences. Are there certain times of the day that you get into the flow or certain sort of things that you do that are sure to put you into that state? Please share it with us, and you can do so by writing an email to BlowTheMind at HowStuffWorks.com.